Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? Welcome back to episode 71 of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, does time fly? I can't believe that we've already made it to 71 episodes here on the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast, and I cannot wait to continue and continue to make these episodes. But anyway, guys, a little rundown for today's episode. We're going to talk about a lot of high school commitment news, a lot of pretty solid four stars, soon to be five stars. They made their decisions as well as NBA free agency officially opening up and a lot of big name players signing big time dollar contract extensions with their respective teams and even a couple players going off to some other teams. But we'll discuss that towards the end of today's episode. But before you know, we do start, I do want to let y'all know. There's not really any NFL news to talk about, so today's episode will mostly be surrounding college football and then the NBA because there just really hasn't been a lot going on right now in the NFL world. But anyway, like we always do before we do start today's episode, if you do love daily sports content and daily sports news, I highly suggest checking out the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast Instagram and TikTok at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce on both of those platforms. Like always, I will have a link down in the description for all of y'all to be able to check out if you are interested because I really will, I really would appreciate it because, I mean, I try to make sure that I keep y'all up to date on everything sports-related. But anyway, guys, I don't want to waste y'all's time, so let's get right into today's episode. So the first college football news that I do want to talk about is regarding four-star athlete slash utility tool Robert Stafford. Now Robert Stafford, he is five foot eleven, 171 pound, two-way athlete, but has a lot of promise and a lot of SEC schools were looking after him. Now his finalists to land him were Miami, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, and Oregon. Well after making his decision, Robert announced that he would be joining the Miami Hurricanes. Now Miami has been on an absolute hot streak as of recently. I mean, Mario Cristobal has completely revamped this Hurricanes just football program as a whole as he's landing these big-name athletes. And throughout the rest of today's episode, it's probably going to be a lot of Miami because they just have been doing so much just in the span of last weekend. Because, man, did I if I... If I told y'all I was on my phone 24-7, constantly just reading, Miami got this kid. This kid just committed to Miami. This kid actually flipped to Miami. So we will discuss, obviously, a little bit more into that later on in today's episode. But Robert Stafford, who is a pretty talented four-star athlete that can play both sides of the football, announced that he will be committing to Miami. Now, the next news that I want to talk about in our college football segment is regarding one of the more highly touted recruits in the 2023 class, and this comes in the form of four-star tight end Riley Williams. Now, Riley Williams, he has been pretty much crystal ball slash predicted to go to Miami for some time now. He's ranked as the number two tight end in all of the country and is the number 66 player in the nation overall. So, very talented kid, and if you watched any of his tape or anything like that, do kind of remind you of Gronk a little bit, which, you know, Rob Gronkowski is one of the better tight ends we've ever seen in the NFL. So, you know, pretty decent comparison. But anyway, Riley Williams over the weekend announced that he would be committing to the University of Miami. So Miami gets another star on the offensive side of the ball. And in my opinion, I think this is their second best commitment so far. Obviously, number one being five-star quarterback Jaden Rashada. But I think Riley Williams will really give Jaden Rashada a weapon that, for the next couple years in Miami will be a huge duo. So huge get for Mario Cristobal to end up landing Riley Williams. Now the next news I want to talk about, and we are still talking about Miami. Miami is going to be pretty much 
when I told y'all it's going to pretty much be throughout this whole episode, I mean literally. Miami has been doing so much when it comes on the trail of college football recruiting and you know, they were not done at all and they wanted to continue to dominate. Now this comes in the form of 2023 four-star cornerback Antoine Jackson, who was originally committed to Georgia. Now, Antoine, he is from Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and a lot of Georgia people had even expected him to potentially flip to Miami due to the fact that he's probably going to want to stay home. So that's exactly what he ended up doing. Antoine announced that he will be flipping his commitment from the Georgia Bulldogs and will be committing to Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes. Now, Antoine Jackson, he is a top 100 player in the class of 2024. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to say, I didn't mean to say 2023. He is a top 100 player in the class of 2024 and just continues to give Miami a top 10 class and whatever, you know, they continue to get these players because I know 2024 obviously is a class from now, but it's really cool to see Mario Cristobal finally get his first recruit in the 2024 class and potentially gain some momentum for the Hurricanes going forward. So huge get for Mario Cristobal as a flip, very talented four-star cornerback Antoine Jackson from Georgia. Now, Georgia fans, y'all did pretty much get a replacement. I mean, y'all aren't going to be, you know, I wouldn't say down in the dumps or anything like that. Yes, he is very talented, but you did get a commitment for the 2023 class. You know, after I know y'all have kind of had some, unfortunately, a down trajectory when it comes to recruiting here recently as a couple players have decommitted or flipped from Georgia. But Georgia did get a commitment from a pretty solid player, and this comes in the form of 2023 four-star cornerback Daniel Harris. Now, Daniel Harris, he is ranked as a top 200 recruit in the class of 2023 and also held offers from schools like Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, and obviously Georgia. Now, he would end up committing to Georgia over the past weekend and finally gives Georgia some decent momentum in their 2023 class. And by no means are they having a bad class at all. I mean, Georgia, obviously, they're going to always have a top 25 class. But it has kind of felt like they are, you know, they really haven't done anything Georgia like you know getting a lot of these huge five-star names and I know obviously them losing out to Arch Manning going to Texas definitely probably did hurt the recruiting as we saw the immediate impact Arch Manning had when it came to recruiting for Texas so I know Georgia that hurt them a little bit but Georgia fans there's no reason to worry y'all are going to still continue to dominate I mean y'all are not y'all are not going to go back to being mediocre or anything like that and definitely getting a very talented cornerback like Daniel Harris, who is probably going to, you know, bump himself up a little bit, potentially to a five-star, is a huge get for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldog staff. So, anyway, 2023 four-star cornerback Daniel Harris has committed to Georgia. Now, the next news I want to talk about is talking about one of the better running backs in the class of 2023. And this is regarding 2023 four-star running back Jeremiah Cobb. Now, Jeremiah Cobb, he's ranked currently as a top 200 recruit in the class of 2023 and once again it's kind of similar to Daniel Harris where I feel like he will bump up his uh, recruiting status a little bit more and once again don't always take these stars and rankings like that you know all too serious because once again most guys in the NFL you know like really star-studded guys they were two three stars coming out of high school or even non-recruited like we saw with Josh Allen who didn't even have a star to his name coming out of high school before he you know went to Juco and then to Wyoming but anyway Jeremiah Cobb over the past weekend announced that he will be committing to the University of 
Auburn. So this is actually a great get for Auburn as it kind of solidifies the running back room going forward after Tank Bigsby, you know, plays his final year with the Tigers this season. So huge get for the Auburn Tigers and getting four-star running back Jeremiah Cobb. Now the next college football recruit that I want to talk about is regarding 2023 four-star uh, edge rusher Jackson Howard. Now Jackson Howard, I don't know how he's not a five-star yet because he is a top 100 recruit in the class of 2023. He probably will end up being a five-star recruit by the time his senior season is over. But he is definitely one of the more highly touted kids in this 2023 class despite his rankings really not showing it. Now Jackson, he held offers from LSU, Michigan, Miami, and his home in his home hometown school Minnesota now the finalists to land him were LSU Michigan Miami and Minnesota and a lot of people had already expected Mario Cristobal and the Miami Hurricanes to end up landing another big time name in Jackson Howard well Jackson Howard decided to do a complete 360 and travel a little bit more west and decided over the weekend that he will be joining Brian Kelly in the LSU Tigers so once again, huge get for Brian Kelly despite their kind of lackluster recruiting class for the most part. Like, they've gotten some solid kids, don't get me wrong. But, once again, LSU being one of the more program and, you know, blue blood college football programs throughout the whole country, you would expect them to land a little bit more. But, definitely getting Jackson Howard is a right step in the right direction for Brian Kelly and the future of this LSU Tiger football team. So, I mean, huge gift for them, and I think Jackson Howard will end up being a you know stud for that Tiger team, and I definitely think it was a huge get to get him over Miami, which you know Miami as of recently has kind of been on such a you know hot trail that it almost seems impossible to get a kid not to end up with the Hurricanes. So anyway, four-star edge rusher Jackson Howard has announced that he will be committing to LSU. Now the next and final commitment news that we have for today's college football segment is regarding a kid that had already committed but flipped. And this is coming in the form of 2023 four-star cornerback and current Texas Tech commit Calvin Simpson Hunt. Now, Calvin Simpson Hunt, he took an official visit to Ohio State a couple weeks back, and pretty much everyone knew from that point on, okay, he's going to immediately switch from Texas Tech to Ohio State. Now, uh, Calvin, he is from the Wax, the Wax, I almost said Waxahachie, <laughs> the Waxahachie area in Texas. So he's kind of out there when it comes to the West Texas part. And him going to Texas Tech, it did make a lot of sense because at first, Texas Tech had one of the better recruiting classes in the class of 2023. Obviously, before LSU, Notre Dame, and Texas just completely decided to dominate and now hold the top three spots in the class of 2023. But anyway, Calvin had announced that he will be officially switching his commitment and he will be committing to Ohio State. And I don't really blame him because I feel like he's going to be in a better program, in my opinion, going to Ohio State. They just went out went out and got a former Oklahoma State defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, which as a lot of you guys that listen to the podcast, y'all know I'm super high on because he pretty much didn't have he didn't have a lot of star-studded guys on that Oklahoma State defense but considering the fact he's in the Big 12 and he did all of that is really impressive and I think he'll completely revitalize that Ohio State defense because we know they haven't really been the greatest when it came to defensive production the past couple seasons so them getting Jim Knowles was huge and the fact now that he's getting a lot of these star-studded guys and Calvin Simpson Hunt being one of them I think Ohio State seriously should be considered for any type of national championship because I know, you know, they really haven't done anything since the 2014 season when they did win it, but 
this team is dangerous. I mean, for the future of this program, the fact that they went out and got pretty much three five-star wide receivers in a three-day span is just absurd. And the fact that they are finally targeting the defensive side of the ball as well and getting a lot of great secondary additions, which has kind of always been an issue for Ohio State, has been how great their secondary can play. And you're probably wondering, well, you know, they've got they've produced guys like Marshawn Lattimore, Denzel Ward, you know, Eli Apple, you know, a lot of great NFL guys. But as of recently, it's kind of been a struggle for them. And, I mean, anyone that watches Ohio State football can tell you that sometimes that's where they end up getting burnt. So getting a guy like Calvin Simpson Hunt, who is a top 200 recruit in the class of 2023, is a huge addition for Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes, especially flipping him from his hometown school. That's pretty impressive because a lot of these kids, they like to stay home, and we see it a lot of the time in college football. And I don't blame them because I'm a homebody too. But anyway – Four-star cornerback Calvin Simpson Hunt has officially announced that he will be flipping his commitment from Texas Tech to the to the sorry I got to make sure to put the Ohio State University. Anyway, guys, the next college football news that I'm going to talk about it's not going to be about any type of recruitment news or anything like that. It's actually going to be talking about the whole conference realignment that we have going on right now. And in case you don't know. Uh, USC and UCLA officially had announced uh, this past weekend that they will be joining the Big Ten. Now, my first question was, why the heck would a West Coast school want to join a, you know, pretty much an East Coast conference? Because it just doesn't make sense. You know, you're going to be spending a lot on traveling for all your sports, not just football. You're going to have to be doing it for basketball, baseball, softball, you know, just whatever sport because in a lot of these sports i have no clue i just know obviously the three main you know three main ones you're gonna have to you know pay for hotels pay for travel fees do all of this for every single player and it's gonna end up costing a lot of money well when i looked into it and i looked in the financial side of it it actually makes a lot more sense for them to go to the big 10 because currently right now usc who is one of the more notable college football programs of all time obviously they've you know dominated the early 2000s and you know the reggie bush era and all that they were only making and i know i say only but they were making roughly about three or 30 million with the um, pac-12 and you're like okay that's still a lot of money well if they went to the big 10 they would be making double that. Oh, sorry, not thirty million, three hundred million. Now, if they go to the Big Ten, they would be making double that amount. They would be just even immediately joining. They would already be making double the amount of money they would be getting going to or just you know retaining in the Pac-12. And another thing also is the fact that once USC and UCLA, you know, they join in 2024, they're expected to end up potentially getting up to about a billion dollars a season. Just from TV deals and all of that alone, because schools like Northwestern were already getting like $630 million, and then you have USC, which is one of the more notable programs in all of, you know, just college history. They were only earning about roughly $300 million. so financially it made a lot of sense. And another aspect you have to look at it too is the Big Ten has always been trying to compete with the SEC when it comes to relevance, right? The SEC, last literally a year ago pretty much, they went out and got Oklahoma and Texas, and that stunned the whole world because we're like, whoa, okay, we thought they would always stay loyal to the Big 12, and they completely did a 360. And I know, obviously, the Longhorn Network, Oklahoma's own little thing that they're going to have on ESPN Plus now, was probably really attractive for the SEC and the fact that you know they're going to bring in a lot of revenue to an already pretty great revenue-based conference was going to be huge. 
And I think honestly, USC they kind of were like, okay, look, you know, the Pac-12, we're just gonna, we're gonna, we're pretty much just killing ourselves when it comes to financial-wise staying in the Pac-12. You know, there's not a lot of money flowing in and out. A lot of our games are getting pushed back to, you know, 11 o'clock Eastern time on at night. And no one really watches the games, and we're losing a lot of money. So something needs to immediately change. And a lot of experts and a lot of you know just people around are talking that this might be the future of college football where we, we're going to have two mega conferences where it's going to end up being like the AFC and NFC in the NFL where you're going to have you know you're going to have the Big Ten West, Big Ten East, Big Ten Central or South, Big Ten North and all of this because you know Big Ten they're already looking at schools like TCU, Baylor, uh, you know, just a lot, you know, kind of diverse in themselves geographically. So when you do look at it fully and you kind of dive into the story, it makes a lot of sense for USC and UCLA to go. Now, another funny thing that I did think about, and I know a lot of people have posted about, is it's going to be really interesting to see these SoCal kids playing up in Madison, Wisconsin, playing up at Penn State, Michigan during in November, November early December when it's 20 degrees out snowing and you know it's you know not 70 degrees and sunny like it kind of is down in california in december so it will be interesting to see how that affects them but i don't think they're really going to care because if they're able to not have 11 o'clock games anymore i think they would definitely take that so yeah usc and ucla have officially announced that they will be joining the big 10 come 2024 so they still have two more seasons in the pac-12 but it will be really interesting to see just how this whole thing unfolds because the SEC, they've completely countered the whole Big Ten thing, and they currently are targeting Florida State, North Carolina, a lot of ACC schools, Clemson most notably. So we could potentially see Clemson, Florida State, even Miami joining the SEC. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this whole thing unfolds. And it'd also be kind of interesting to see what happens to the Pac-12, the ACC, and even the Big 12 after this whole realignment stuff happens because you have to wonder, are they just going to completely demolish and just go, you know, extinct? Or are they going to end up becoming another group of five conference that kind of just gets outlooked because, you know, the Big Ten and the SEC right now are currently probably the two biggest conferences. So it startled everyone to know that USC and UCLA were wanting to go to the Big Ten. And now the butterfly effect that comes with it is even more unsettling because, you know, just a lot of schools right now are going to get screwed over in this whole thing because the Big Ten, they're not going to want everyone in their conference. They're just going to want to want the schools that are going to give them the most revenue. Same with the SEC. So it's I really do feel bad for the schools that kind of are going to be getting, you know, outside looking into this whole thing because, you know, they really don't have a choice because, you know, obviously these conferences are going to do what the conferences want. And. It's just going to be really interesting to see how this whole situation unfolds. But the Big 12, they're kind of trying to jump onto the whole, I guess you could say, conference realignment thing early. And they're currently targeting schools or Pac-12 schools, Colorado, Utah, Arizona, and Arizona State, and adding them to the Big 12 in order to keep their relevancy. So I think that's actually really solid. Colorado, once again, would make a lot of sense. Oklahoma State, TCU, Baylor, you know, obviously, once again, they were part of the Big 12 before they went and joined the Pac-12 about a decade ago. So it would make a lot of sense to get Colorado. Same with Utah. I mean, 
Now, Utah might be a different case because I think the Big Ten would be very, very appealing to them because, once again, Utah has been one of the better college football programs here the past couple of years. Now, Arizona and Arizona State, I think, obviously, they're probably going to want to end up joining the Big 12. Arizona State, they're kind of average, I guess you could say. Now, once again, Arizona, not really for football, but basketball-wise, Big Ten or even the SEC are going to somehow probably want to look at them because – how much money they'd bring in just off their basketball program. So it will be interesting to see how all that works. But if the Big 12 does land all four of these schools, that would be huge for the momentum of the Big 12 going forward and would allow a lot of these schools not to worry, like TCU, Baylor, and all these schools who are potentially probably wanting to get out now because the conference could end up crumbling. Now they're going to be like, okay, there's finally going to be some new additions. We might still have some relevancy, and, you know, we won't be the little brother to the, you know, the big brother conferences over in the East. So, anyway, I just think it's really interesting how this whole just conference realignment thing literally happened just because one headline. Like, USC and UCLA have single-handedly just completely started these two mega conferences and i know you could say texas and OU have but i do think the fact that we finally had seen west coast schools joining an east coast conference was just huge enough as it is and now the fact that we know there's a lot more stuff going under the rug that we don't know about yet is definitely concerning as a college football fan but it's also kind of interesting to see because if you don't remember the ACC, Big Ten, and the Pac-12, they had that alliance, actually, that they did last year, which I know a lot of people forgot about, myself included, and I really don't know how that's going to work now because it seems like the Pac-12 may not even exist. The ACC is probably going to end up almost all of that going towards the um, SEC for the most part. Obviously, they'll probably have schools like Pitt, um, Virginia, Virginia Tech, those going to the Big Ten, but you know, it's just kind of weird how the Alliance never even got to really take off. And I know a lot of Pac-12 schools were kind of pissed at the fact that, you know, they weren't getting scheduled with a lot of these other schools. And they were just simply playing, you know, their regular Stanford, Oregon State, Washington State games. And it wasn't bringing in a lot of money. So it's just, it's a really confusing time. I know right now for a lot of college football fans, I don't think it's the end of the world. It might be a good thing because at the end of the day, we might be thankful this all happened. But... Once again, it still does bring up the huge question, what is college football going to look like four years from now once all these schools have made it into a huge conference similar to the NFL style where there's an AFC and NFC, but in this case, it's the Big Ten and the SEC. But anyway, guys, I don't want to continue to ramble off y'all's ears, but I figured I would let y'all know that USC and UCLA have officially agreed to join the Big Ten. They have officially been accepted into the Big Ten and it's only continue it's only going to continue to be a butterfly effect for a lot of for a lot of Pac-12 schools and even some Big 12 schools. Anyway, guys, that does wrap up today's college fo- football segment. I know it was a little bit longer. I know normally our college football segments are like 10-15 minutes at most. I know 20 minutes was probably a little bit longer than normal, but there has been so much news going on and I you know, I want to be able to keep all up to date. But anyway, guys, let's transition into our final segment of today's um episode and this is actually going to pretty much strictly be nba news now boys 
I'm not an NBA expert. I'm not going to be able to go fully in depth on every single one of these signings, but I made sure to jot down all of the major contract extensions and signings that happened over the past weekend since free agency officially went underway. And the first one I talk about is point guard Jalen Brunson agreeing to a four-year $110 million contract to join the New York Knicks. Now, this signing actually brought up tampering, and we've seen it in college football, and now we're seeing it a lot more in the NBA too. The whole fact the Knicks went out and hired Jalen Brunson's dad to have a front office role. They, I think they did something with his agent or his former agent, and it was pretty much obvious that Jalen Brunson was going to end up going to the New York Knicks, you know, overstaying with the Mavericks. And it even went out to, and even a lot of people are saying that there had already been a verbal agreement weeks in advance that Jalen had already agreed to this contract with the Knicks. So it is bringing up a lot of concern throughout the NBA. But I think definitely getting Jalen is a good signing for the Knicks. Now, is it a little bit of an overpay? Yes, because Jalen hasn't really proved a lot in the NBA. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, he's pretty much, I think, with the Knicks in a bigger role, he could potentially be a 20, 20 and 10 guy. But I do think it was a little bit more of an overpay. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Denver Nuggets and their MVP center, Nikola Jokic. Now, both sides had agreed to a huge five-year, $264 million contract extension that will keep Nikola Jokic in the Mile High City for years to come. And actually, this contract was the biggest contract in NBA history. So... Huge bag, but I mean, when you watch Nikola Jokic, he's pretty much unstoppable. I mean, him in the paint is pretty much an automatic bucket. He's already won MVP, I think, twice. So obviously, he was going to get paid, and I definitely think, you know, he wanted to stay in Denver, and rightfully so, because I think they could eventually get the right pieces to surround him and eventually bring an NBA title to the city of Denver. But anyway, the Denver Nuggets and, and two-time MVP center Nikola Jokic have agreed to a five-year, $264 million contract extension. Now, the next NBA news we have is regarding the Washington Wizards and, star, and all-star guard Bradley Beal. Now, Bradley Beal had a little bit of a down year last season, I guess you could say in his terms. Still wasn't a bad year, but... You know, if you're playing for the Washington Wizards, it's kind of hard to really be able to have a great year. <laughs> but anyway, the Washington Wizards and, and all-star guard Bradley Beal have agreed to a five-year, $251 million contract, new contract, because he opted out of his player option. So, I understand loyalty. I understand wanting to stay with the team because, you know, they gave you your first shot in the NBA. But Bradley Beal is so talented. I just really wish he would have tested free agency for the first time in his career and been able to potentially go and get a championship with another team because the Washington Wizards, probably for years to come, are not going to be a contending team in the NBA. But once again, this might have been the only team that was going to offer them this much money, and he's got a family to take care of, and this is his job, so he's going to want to get paid. So I really can't blame him. So. But anyway, the Wizards and All-Star guard Bradley Beal have agreed to a five-year, $251 million contract extension. Now, guys, all of this news that's been going on pretty much happened like an hour, like between between the first couple minutes and an hour of the NBA, the NBA free agency period opening. So there's just been a lot that's been going on, and I'm going to continue to update y'all, obviously. But the next news that we have is regarding the Phoenix Suns and all-star guard Devin Booker. Now, Devin Booker and the Suns have agreed to a four-year, $214 million contract extension. Now, 
wasn't really any doubt. We all kind of knew Devin Booker was going to stay in Phoenix. This actually isn't a horrible deal. I think it's actually pretty solid that they kept him for four year, $214 million, considering the fact that I bet a lot of teams probably would have gone out and just given him a blank check. So good keep for the Phoenix Suns, the fact that they will be keeping the super talented guard, Devin Booker, in Phoenix. The next news we have is regarding the Minnesota Timberwolves, and this is actually the first great move that the Timberwolves have done this offseason so far. And the Timberwolves and center Carl Anthony Towns have agreed to a four-year, $224 million contract extension. Carl Anthony Towns arguably is one of the best three-point shooting centers in all of the NBA and definitely could potentially be moving to the four spot with this news that I'm about to talk about a little bit later on. So definitely a great signing for the Timberwolves. The next news we have is regarding the Memphis Grizzlies and star guard John Morant. Both sides have agreed to a five-year, $193 million contract extension that could that could eventually become worth $231 million. Now, this, in my opinion, is one of the more steel signings because not only is John Morant one of the most, one of the best up up and coming guards in all the NBA, the fact that they didn't have to break the bank to keep him either is huge for Memphis and. Once again, John Morant, in my opinion, is one of my favorite guys to watch not throughout the whole NBA. I know it is for a lot of people as well, and you know he has a lot of potential. So, I mean, I'm glad Memphis decided to get on it early while they could. Now, this next signing is probably one of the worst, in my opinion, because this just guy hasn't really proved anything in the NBA. And this is regarding the New Orleans Pelicans and their forward Zion Williams, who Zion Williamson, who was a former number one overall pick. Now, Zion, throughout his whole career, besides his rookie year and his second year in the NBA, really hasn't done much in his NBA career. He's stayed pretty much unhealthy throughout his whole career, hasn't been consistent, has dealt with a lot of weight issues, which I personally know what it's like to deal with weight issues, but when you're getting paid millions of dollars and it's your job to stay fit and be able to, you know, you know, just be able to stay available, especially, you know, when you're pretty much the face of the franchise for the Pelicans, that's not what you want to have. So I'm guessing that New Orleans just decided to bite the bullet and just pay Zion anyway. So they agreed to a new five-year, $231 million contract extension. I mean, I mean, obviously, huge congrats to Zion for literally getting paid a buttload of money. But for New Orleans, was it really worth paying a guy that has not been able to stay reliable these past couple of years all this money? Now, I want him to be able to prove me completely wrong. I know a lot of people just give him crud just to give him crud. I want Zion to be able to prove me wrong because I remember watching him throughout his high school career, watching him with his, you know, that one season he had at Duke and then going to the NBA. Dude is star-studded. I mean, he can end up becoming one of the better players in the NBA, but I just think as of recently, he hasn't really proven he's worth this huge contract extension. But anyway, New Orleans decides to bite the bullet and they pay Zion Williamson a five-year, $231 million contract extension. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Chicago Bulls and all-star guard Zach Levine. Now, Zach Levine and the Chicago Bulls have agreed to a five-year, $215.5 million contract extension that also does include a player option. So, pretty solid contract for Chicago because Zach Levine has been one of the better guards in the NBA. Now, I know his name has been discussed in a lot of trades and all this and that, but I do think Chicago wants to be able to keep Zach Levine, especially after they, you know, traded for him years back. So, my opinion, I mean, this is a great team deal too because Zach Levine is already one of the more proven guards in the NBA. So, like I said, I don't know a buttload. I do know that 
Zach Levine, in my opinion, is, is a pretty solid guard when healthy. Now, this next trade that I want, or the first trade I want to talk about, was probably the biggest steal so far of 2022 NBA free agency. And this is regarding Indiana Pacers guard Malcolm Brogdon. Now, Malcolm Brogdon was traded from the Indiana Pacers to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Daniel Theis, Aaron, Aaron Nesmith, and a 2023 first round pick. Malcolm Brogdon easily has so much potential. Like, after he was traded from the Milwaukee Bucks to the Indiana Pacers, a lot of people considered it to be a steal for the Pacers. Now, I know he's dealt with some injuries during his time with the Pacers, but dude is simply a super talented guard that has a lot of upside. And the fact that the Boston Celtics, who have been needing, I guess you could say, quote-unquote, true guard, like Marcus Smart said is huge because not only does it take a lot of pressure off of Marcus Smart, it takes a lot of pressure off of Jason Jason Tatum and a lot of their bigs because, you know, they don't have to completely play the role of one and three anymore. They can finally play their true role. So the fact and, and they didn't have to give up a lot. A lot of those two guys were probably gonna end up being gone anyway. A first round a late probably first round pick. I mean, to get a guard that could potentially be there for a long time was a huge get for the Boston Celtics. So in my opinion, that's been the steal so far for this this young NBA free agency. Now, the next and final news of today's episode that I want to talk about is regarding a trade that is smart but not at the same time. And this is regarding the Utah Jazz trading star and three-time defensive player of the year center, Rudy Gobert, to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, you're probably wondering, wow, that's an amazing trade, you know, but why would... But why would Minnesota want to go ahead and bite the bullet and get Rudy Gobert when they just signed Carl Anthony Towns to that huge contract extension? Well, there probably images the fact that Carl Anthony Towns finally does not have to play, you know, pretty much, the, you know, pretty much down in the paint all the time, and he can actually play along the perimeter because once again, Carl Anthony Towns is a super talented three-point shooting center. So now he can finally play the role of four, which is why I said he could be moved into the four position, and then Rudy Gobert will fulfill the five, where he'll actually be the true center for the Timberwolves. Now, the Timberwolves, they gave up a lot to get Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. So in exchange for getting Rudy Gobert, the Timberwolves gave the Utah Jazz Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Leandro Balmaro, Walker Kessler, Jared Vanderbilt, a 2023 first-round pick, a 2025 first-round pick, a 2026 pick swap, a 2027 first-round pick, and a 2029 first-round pick that is protected. So yeah, that is first. That's four first-round picks and then a pick swap, which probably means they just went lower and then gave Utah a higher pick. And then they gave him, in my opinion, Patrick Beverly is not a bad player. Obviously, he's a little older, but he's a pretty solid defensive player. Malik Beasley is okay. You know, none of the players are star-studded, but the fact that they gave up pretty much five picks to get Rudy Gobert, who was starting to get probably, I'd say, a little bit older, was definitely kind of like, okay, what are you going to do once Rudy Gobert or, you know, what if Rudy Gobert doesn't pan out for your team? What are you going to do? Because you just gave up the holy grail of draft picks to get them. And now Utah are kind of set to be able to keep Donovan Mitchell and be able to kind of rebuild around him, which is the reason why they went out and traded Rudy Gobert. You know, kind of what, this is pretty much what Kyrie wanted Cleveland to do years and years back, you know, when they were doing the whole thing with LeBron James and before he got traded to Boston because he wanted to be the star and center point of the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
Obviously, LeBron James is going to be the center point of any franchise he joins. And Kyrie wasn't feeling that. Now, Donovan Mitchell is getting exactly that. Now, Donovan Mitchell has never asked for it or anything like that. But Utah kind of jumping onto that early on. And despite teams already sending in trade requests and trade offers, I think Utah, they're going to want to rebuild around Donovan Mitchell long term. So it made sense to do this trade. And the fact that they won't have to pay Rudy Gobert all that money and they just got literally five future first-round picks for him is huge for Utah. So I think it's a win-win for both sides. Obviously, it's going to hurt losing the impact that Rudy Gobert gives you on defense. But at the same time, long-term, I think this is going to be a good trade for the Utah Jazz, and I still think this is a good trade for the Timberwolves because it gives you a three-time defensive player of the year to solely play the center position and allows Carl Anthony Towns to be a little bit more versatile. So... Good trade for both sides. I mean, I think it's pretty even besides, you know, Utah getting pretty much kind of – I think what Minnesota's doing is kind of what the the L.A. Rams are doing in the NFL where they're just trading all their draft picks away and they literally say F them picks because I, <laughs> I think they're just trying to immediately go after a ring right now. And it's kind of cool when you look at Minnesota's starting lineup right now, it features guys like Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns, and now Rudy Gobert, which those three players alone are already very versatile – but the starting point guard for the Timberwolves is D'Angelo Russell. So it's just going to be really interesting to see how well the Timberwolves end up this year. But yes, the Minnesota Timberwolves have traded for three-time defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert. Anyway, guys, that will wrap up today's episode. Boy, did I love making today's episode for y'all because I finally was able to give y'all a lot more news than we have with these past couple days and past couple weeks. So let me know what y'all's favorite part about today's episode was. And also, guys, if you are feeling a little bit generous, gener- generous, <laughs> Anchor.com, they offer a $4.99 monthly supporter program where you can pay $4.99 a month. And that allows y'all to eventually get some exclusive perks as supporters where I'll be able to put, put out some exclusive podcasts for y'all as well as just exclusive updates and even prizes, not prizes, but giveaways and stuff like that. Anyway, guys is not expected or required or anything like that at all simply y'all listening to the podcast or rating liking commenting whatever it might be i'm so thankful that i'm able to have y'all such great supporters in this little community that i have but anyway guys i hope you'll have a fantastic monday and i will see y'all back here on wednesday peace